How are you? You doing all right? Not too sure. Okay. I'm just going to pray. Uh, I'm just going to pray that God would do a work here that no one, nobody in this room can do. And so if you join me, great. If not, then look at me. Jesus, you are worthy. We declare it. We exalt you. And this is your church bought with your blood. These are your people, your sheep. And I pray your voice would thunder in this room this morning. That you would shatter all the lies that we believe. You would set us free in the name, the name of the Holy Son of God. Holy Spirit, come to this place. Make us new. Fill us up. Pray you'd pour us out for your glory, for your goodness, for, your, for the sake of your faithfulness. Lord, I love the people in this room, but I know you love them all the more. And so as David already prayed, I pray you'd open our eyes, God, to how good, how, how loving, how full of favor you are for those that are in Christ. And so Jesus, break every chain, ruin the lies of the enemy, glorify yourself in the middle of your people. We've gathered in your name. You are faithful. I look forward to what you want to do today. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So I hope you're doing well. We are in a new series. It's called Gifted. Uh, and, and I said before, I think last week, we did a series on spiritual gifts a couple weeks ago before Easter, and it was called Practicing the Power. And what we did in that series is we kind of zoomed in on what I, well, some people feel like are the weird ones. Uh, so tongues, prophecy, healing, all the ones that we're like, woo, we don't know what to do with, Right. We do believe in those, and so what we're doing is we're kind of zooming out from those five, uh, those sign gifts, and we're kind of zooming in on this picture of the body that the, the Bible paints, and, and that everybody in here, if you're in Christ, has been gifted, has been given a gift for the building up of the body. So this is still very much, in my opinion, we are still practicing the power. This is like it's a continuation. This is like part de which is two, I think, in French. Uh, this is the second part of practicing the power because any gifting that you have is wholly supernatural. The gifting that God gave you, and it might be administration, and you've never been like, that's a power from God. I think it is because I don't have it, all right? Uh, I think there's so many things that we overlook because we're so focused on two gifts that we highlight most in the American church. You know what they are? Teaching and singing. And if I don't have those gifts then I have nothing to offer. Except when you believe that, then the church, this body, this manifestation of the local body of Jesus Christ, we walk with a limp because you won't use your gifts. And so this whole series is just a big like motivational pep talk of like, you can do it. But more than that, of like the spirit of God indwelled you when you, you said yes to Jesus Christ as Lord. And what he did is he says, I need you to have this gift because this body needs you to have this gift because they're going to be broken. They're not going to be full if you don't use it. And so this is still very much based in the building up of the body. If you were here for that series, I don't have time to build all that. This is for the building up of the body. This is so that God has given each a manifestation of the spirit so that this body might be built up. You came in today. And I know a lot of American Christianity is, I want a good sermon, a little peppy sermon, I want piping hot coffee, and I want out of here in 20 minutes. I have never given a sermon in 20 minutes, so you're out of luck there, okay? But, I, but you came in here, and I think it's with intention and with just this beautiful picture of God that you have a part to play. Like, nobody sits on the bench except everybody in American Christianity sits on the bench except the guy that teaches and the guy that sings, and so I want to push you. The, 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 the word spiritual gifts in the Greek is the word charismata, which is literally gifts of grace. 
You have been given a gift. It is the grace of God. You didn't do anything to earn it, right? You didn't turn twice to the south and then bend down. God just did this thing. Same way with salvation. And so if you're a member or a regular attender, if you're a regular attender, this is what I would say to you. That that designator doesn't exist in the Bible. Regular attender, not in the Bible. Well, member isn't either. But uh, belonging to a covenant community, this is my family. I belong, I'll die for them. That picture's in the Bible. And so if you're a regular attender, become a member. Plug in here. Get, let's stop dating each other. Right? Let's get married. That sounds weird. I don't want to say that. But if you're like, well, you don't know me, man. You don't know where I came from. Here's what I know because I, I do actually know you to a degree because the Bible knows you perfectly. And the Bible says you have been given a manifestation of the spirit for the common good, which means you, every person in this room. And I'm not just like you, you, I mean, every person in this room, you've been made in the image of God. You have been called by Jesus Christ, many of you, and you said yes, and he's the Lord of your life, which means then he gave you the Holy Spirit as a deposit and a sign that, yeah, salvation has occurred. And then he was like, and on top of that, here's a gift. Now, when we think about gifts, uh, I think it's important before you ever start, like, this is what's going to happen. I can preach in a way that I can manipulate you. I can make you feel guilty. I can just drive by with like, shame, 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 shame. And you will be like, I'm going to sign up for kids ministry for the next 17 years, right? That will be the end of this sermon if we do that. But here's the thing. Guilt is never a good motivation for service. Do you know that? Duty is, anybody ever served in a church out of duty or guilt? Just get them up there. Go ahead, right? You're like, what about the kids, Johnny? I mean, right? Like, I I have to do something. And then you go and you just jump into something and you hate it. You grit your teeth. So really what I see is I, I don't want the end of this sermon you feeling guilty about not serving, which I know the statistics, which the 80-20 rule is alive in this church. If you don't know what that is, type it in the internet. Um, and so really, I don't even really want to talk about gifts today. I almost feel last night, I was laying, well, two nights ago, the Lord was like, don't talk about gifts. And I was like, Father, this is a, this is a series about gifts. You know, like I'm supposed to talk about gifts. Um, you know, but, but, but really the starting point is, isn't your giftedness. It's not how gifted you are or if you have one or if you can identify it or you could take a gifts assessment and it will tell you in three easy steps what your gifts are and where to plug in. Like that's not the point. The point is, is that you have a heart that is surrendered. That's the starting spot of using your gifts, identifying your gifts. My heart is surrendered to the Lord, is yours. I am surrendered. And I don't care if he gave me the gift of ditch digging, coffee making, or some of you, like, directing traffic. You're like, are those gifts in the... No, they're not. But they fit into some giftings that I think you might have and we'll talk about. And so here's the thing. Some of you guys in this room, some of you g- girls in this room, you are innately just gifted people. Like, you, you go to school, anybody, A-plus people. My wife's one of those people. This makes me want to vomit. Like, I study for hours on end in the morning, like 4 a.m., and I just barely get a C. She looks at it. I mean, just like maybe hears me even thinking about it and is like gets an A-plus. That's the woman I'm married to, all right? Just stupidly, innately smart, gifted, leads things well, administratively organizes, delegates better than I have ever dreamed of. And so she's innately gifted by God. So here's the thing. 
pre-Jesus, me, my giftings is to walk into a room, be real awkward, maybe sprinkle some awkwardness on everybody and then walk out. That's me. So then Jesus saves me, right? And all of my innate gifting, all of Anna's, my wife's innate gifting was being used pre-Jesus to build her kingdom. But then Jesus saved Anna. Jesus filled Anna with the Holy Spirit and then used all that fierceness of that five foot three beautiful woman and now uses all that leadership and administration and just this love of the Lord to lead the women's ministry here. And that's not her. And the moment she goes, man, aren't I awesome? I'm gonna take a step back because it's my, like I'm just gonna be like, my wife is gone now. Like, it's not about her. And so not only are you just, some of you are just amazingly gifted. You're smart, you're bright. If I gave you a business endeavor, you'd be like, I'm gonna run this thing and you would make millions. And I hope you do. I hope you go love Jesus as a CEO of some company somewhere. Great. But on top of that, when you got the Holy Spirit, the Bible's gonna say that you got gifts that weren't innate. That the Holy Spirit gave you things that maybe don't actually fit with your natural inclinations. This is the idea of spiritual gifts. I'm giving you a task. I'm giving you a talent. I'm giving you a work. I'm giving you a task to do in the body that the body needs. And so let me ask you a question. What did you do to be born the way you are? If any of you say anything other than nothing, I'm going to. What did you do to be born where you are? Nothing. So who gets the praise? God does. So what did you do to have the leadership ability or the money you have or the kids you have or the kids you don't have if you want to go hard side on it? But like, praise God. That's the breath you have in your lungs right now. Give it back to God. He gave it to you. The starting point of a, gifting, a gifted series is not, wow, you're gifted. The starting point of a gifting series is praise the giver that he is worthy that he's beautiful, and regardless of what he gives me, I want to steward it, and I want to tend it, I want to use it well. I'll ask you another question. What did you do to receive the gifts from the Holy Spirit you did? You better give me a big fat goose egg again. Nothing! What would you do to get saved by Jesus? Nothing! Even if you want to say, well, I walked down an aisle and I prayed a prayer. Sure, well before that, God knew what he was doing when he called you. And so my hope, I learned a term this week, and you probably know it. It's, I think I'm saying it right, right, is I want to rehab our atrophy. You know what atrophy is? So if you've ever seen a dude break his leg and then get in a cast for six months, when he comes out, one of his legs looks really scary. It looks like he's a toddler on one side. And what I mean is his leg is so small and unused because he stopped using the muscle, and it's not, he's not supporting. He hasn't used that leg in so long. His one leg's like, like my arm, and his other leg is like my leg, and you're like, something's wrong there. And I think that same picture is really the picture of the church, this church. I'm not even gonna go big to see church. I'm gonna go this church. We got a little atrophy we need to fix. Uh, and I say it this way because the church in Corinth, we studied that a few weeks ago. The church in Corinth, I mean, they got tongues out the wahoo. They got, yo, prop, that's a lot of tongues, all right? Just, they got prophecy, they got spiritual gifts, they got guys walking around strutting in power, and so they have all these other people that don't have those gifts feeling like they're second-class Christians. So one of the reasons the book of Corinthians was written is because he's going, no, 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 you have just as much value as this guy over here that's abusing his big powerful gift. Honor each other. Use your gifts well. Use them in order. We did all this, okay? And so once again, our church kind of tends to look at what I do 
like, if you're dreaming one day about being in ministry, you're like, I can't wait to get on a stage. And I would just say, hold the phone there, tiger. Hold, like, to get up here and to say, this is what God thinks should not be the main call of every ministry on the planet. Because it actually should be a lot of fear and a lot of sweating and a lot of gripping of like, I'm about to stand before you. And when I get to God, he's going to go, were you faithful to teach the whole counsel of my wisdom? And I'm gonna hopefully say yes. So there should be a lot more fear. It shouldn't be so glamorized. Let's stop living in the Instagram world of pop culture Christianity, okay? And so the church has one mission. Do you know what it is? You wanna throw out some missions of the church? No? Okay, I'm gonna yell angry at you now. Uh, make disciples. That's it. Summed it up. You are a part of that, regardless if you can sing or preach. Every gifting is built into the church that we might make fully formed disciples of Jesus Christ that make disciples. Now, some of you are like, I don't know how. That's fine. I love that admission. I don't know how. I don't know how to walk them through scripture. We could teach all that. But what we normally come in is we're like, I don't have a part to play. I'm just going to let the professionals do it. That's what I think about that these days. That's what I feel like the spirit of God is saying to this church, where you say, I'm gonna abdicate my responsibility to be a part of this family and use my gift. I'm just gonna let the professionals, I'm gonna let Andrew and John and the staff do it. This is what I think God's doing. That's stupid. I don't even know, I can't even use more forceful words because I'm in church. So I want you today to wake up. I want us to all go, I can do this. And if you don't know how, admit it. And if you're a little bit shaky in your faith, admit it. If sin is owning you, admit it. If you came in here today and you don't have a lot of love for God in your heart, admit it. So there's three things that's a call on your life before we ever get to giftedness or what gift do you have or let's spend some more time focused on you. Forget you, all right? The first one I'm just gonna read some scriptures over us as a church and then hopefully the Holy Spirit's just gonna wreck you in the most loving way possible. Um, Psalm 115 says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. The call of your life, a pool of your life, the thing the Spirit of God is doing in you is not going, hey, let's highlight you and make you really, 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 really popular. And let's make your gift shine. Let's shine you up there, little Christian. No, the call of your life isn't your giftedness. It's unto the Lord, all things. This is the cry of the universe. This is whenever you read the Bible and you find a man or woman that enters into the glory of God, which we pray for a lot here, you know what comes out of their mouth right after that? Like, woe is me, he is great, I am low, he be greater, I'll be lesser. Like, this is the language of the people of God. Not to us, Lord. Not to us be glory, but to you be the glory. We scream it, and whenever we find that we're taking some of God's glory, we throw it off. We're like, no, 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 no. And so here's the thing. I have been fond of telling you, there is a point to this universe. Guess who it's not? You. You're not the point. You're not the point of this church. You're not the point of this universe. You're not the point of anything. The God that we serve, who is infinite, and I can't explain him in language, has called you to himself that you might revolve around him, not you, him revolve around you. 
And if we'll be a church that will scream out, not, oh, I'm so gifted. No, but we'll scream out unto the Lord regardless of what I got. I think we're on the right track. The starting part is unto the Lord. Can you imagine if I gave my kids any gift, amazing gift? I mean, like, I gave them, I don't even, I don't even have an example. And then they immediately turned and were like, how awesome am I that I have this thing? And then completely forgot about me, the guy that gave it to them. Right? Would I not be a little hurt? Would I not be a little bit like, want to be like, give me that gift back? Right? Here's a power wheel. We're awesome. I'm like, give me my power wheel. Right? That's a bad analogy, but you got it, all right? So what I want to be, I want to be a group of people. I want to be a church that's so dialed in to the goodness of God because that's what we always say. I want you to preach the gospel to yourself every morning. Drench yourself in the reality that this, this love of God has been made manifest on your behalf. And then what will come out of a life attached to the glory of God is that statement, unto the Lord, not to me. Not to me, O Lord, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory. Can I ask you about your life? Would you say that your life screams glory to God? That's what it was made for. You were made to show off the glory, the manifest presence of God wherever you go. He's in you. He's with you. You have the Holy Spirit. So does your life scream that? Or does it scream, what about me? Right? So here's what I know about you. When you pick a gym or you pick a church even, you go, what's it got for me? Right? Like, if it's a gym, it's like, well, do they have moist toilets? I've never asked that about a gym, but maybe you do. Uh, do they have, you know, cucumber water? I don't know what your, your thing you're looking for in a gym is, but whatever it is, you're like, do they, have, do they have bathrooms with showers? Do they have the right weights that I like? Do they have 100 dumbbells? You know what I'm saying? You know, like, what, what is it that you're looking for in a gym? That same mentality, though, has followed us because we're Americans into the church. And we started to have said, like, well, what does it have for my kids? And do they have an underwater basket weaving ministry for me? Because I love underwater basket weaving. And if they don't, then I'm out, right? And so that's kind of infiltrating. But no, no, no. If the point of your life and the point of my life and the point of this place is the glory of the Lord, then that doesn't matter. I think we have things for you to do here. We got ministries for you. But does your life scream unto the Lord or does it scream what about me? Uh, I think the seven, second thing for the starting place about gift is the service of others. So when Jesus saved you, he took you off the throne of your life. He got on it, and now you get to act like Jesus. And what did Jesus do to every person he encountered? He served them. He died for them. He laid down his life. I mean, he's constantly telling his disciples, if you want to be great, be the least. He's constantly washing their feet and going, and they're, they're just like, why? Why are you doing this? And he's like, if I, your master, have washed your feet, so you must wash your, each other's feet. Meaning, you must do the low work, you must serve one another. So let me just read some scripture over your life and ask some questions. Philippians 2, 1 to 7. And I'd actually love it if you turn to this and then read it again this week. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 7. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, 
being in full accord and of one mind. This is where it gets commandy. Verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. The word of the Lord. And really all I have to do is read that over you. Does that not challenge everything we live by normally, right? What about my family? What about my kids? What about my labrador? What about my life, right? But if I just start, break, like, do nothing from selfish ambition. So do nothing from the idea that my ambitions over my life and myself are more important than yours. Really, it's, it's I should be looking at what you need. What do you need? What are your dreams? What are your desires? And then you should do the same thing. So then we kind of get in this fight about who can outserve the other one. Could you imagine if you walked in the door this morning and like seven dudes are just fighting over opening the front door? I would love it, man. I'd just be like, you guys are morons, but let's, you know, like it's cool. Let's fight over that. Like I, I, this idea of service, serving one another. I, I, I can't tell you how many marriages I could fix if I could just get the husband to pour himself out. For his wife, for his kids, for his friends, for his coworkers. Because too often, men, we sit back, the wife walks in, she's got arms full of groceries. We're sitting back drinking a beer, watching sports, and we're like, hey, so help me, I will smack you. Get up, serve her. Marriage fixed. Right? Serve her. This is the call of men and women that know the Lord. Serve everybody. 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 The lady making coffee should never have to carry another coffee thing to that coffee counter. You know why? Because 17 of you would be like, can I help you with that? You see, you see toilet paper on the floor in the bathroom, and you're like, not my job. It is in this church. Pick it up. Serve. Pour yourself out, and not because, hey, I need some help, but because you are attached to Jesus, and if you're acting like Jesus, Jesus did those lowly, horrible things. You know what the world notices? The world notices when we live like this. The world notices when Christians give of themselves, and it makes no worldly sense. Why are you doing this? Because I have been lavished love upon I have been served by the God of everything, and then I will serve with the rest of my life. So are you serving? Count others more significant than you. That's hard, right? Can we admit that's really hard to count others more significant than you, especially when the person you're supposed to be counting as more significant irks you or you think they're, they're a moron? Can we be real talk, right? Like your roommate that always just like leaves her a half-eaten burrito on the desk, count her more significant than you. Now you're like, oh, you're messing with my real life. Yeah, real life. This is real life, right? This is like married life, coworker life, cubicle life. Count others more significant than you. You are not the center. You're not the point. There is a God. He is going to call these men and women to account. And if they look at your life and they go, what is so weird about you? You go, I've been set free from living for me. And it's beautiful, man. And then this, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You have this mind among yourselves, which is yours 
in Christ Jesus. So if you're going, well, I just don't have this power. I don't have it. Well, you do if you're in Jesus. You have this mind. You probably even have these thoughts during the day. And I would say they're from the Holy Spirit. And it's just so easy to turn those thoughts off, right? That moment where I see Anna struggling with the trash can. And I'm like, I could help her. Hmm. <laughs> turn that off real quick, right? So that's the Holy Spirit going, no, you should serve. You should pour yourself out. And I do have a choice. So you have the same choice that I do. And I have that mind. I hear it in my head. Serve others. That we would be a place you would almost fight people to serve them over them serving you. you. You would this week, you know what would change drastically the culture of this church? Would make us make some fundamental pragmatical changes to our structures? If all 800 people that came through this weekend just started begging the staff, how can I help? And you wouldn't leave us alone about it. We would have to delegate. If John Johnson never had to do a physical project again, I would bless you in the name of the Lord. If he had every man in this room begging him of how they could serve and pour out their life for this body, I bet he would be a better pastor because of it. I love you, John. And so, who are you living for? Who are you serving? Who did you serve this week? And if you're like, well, I'm living for Jesus, what about your life this week would show that? And then there's one more call on your life and it's to be a living sacrifice. Romans 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Here's the thing about being a living sacrifice. We are really quick, we really, 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 really quick to climb off that altar. Like we lay down and we're like, Jesus, I surrender. And then we're like, but that looks really good. So then we're like, I'm going to get off this altar. Right? This is what we do. We do it all the time. It would be much easier just to die. But being a living sacrifice requires a daily surrender. Being a living sacrifice means I'm going to take my living life, my thinking life, my Netflix life, my Starbucks money life, all of my life. I'm going to take my living life, my living body, and I'm going to present it. That's actually what it says. I present I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Here's the thing. When you present something to someone, like a gift, it's up to them what they want to do with it, right? So what you're doing with God is, I'm presenting to you my future, which is a scary endeavor for most of us in this room, right? I'm presenting to you my kids, which don't mess with my kids, God, right? I'm presenting to you this body. This life, this human, with all these aspirations to have a job and security and a good family, I'm presenting them to you. Do with them what you want. This is the call, those three things, on your life and my life. This is the call. Before you ever get to, what's your gift? No. Does your life scream unto the Lord? Are you serving regardless if you have your gift or not? Are you serving? Are you pouring yourself out? And are you living as a living sacrifice, presenting yourself to God daily and all the time? You're gonna mess up. You're gonna crawl off, crawl back on and die again. Because hear me, the days of copping out of you not, this day, the, the, the days of leaving this to professionals has to die. It has to. I'll leave you with a quote 
just before I start to try to land this thing, uh, David Platt, who's a, I, a great Bible guy. I'm convinced that the greatest need in the church today is not more money, it's not more power, it's not more prestige. It's not even more people. It's not more education. It's not more political influence. I believe the greatest need in the church today is more men, women, and students who believe in Jesus Christ and have embraced him to rise up and be the disciples that the scripture teaches us to be. This is the call. And the like, this is the disciples of Cobblestone Community Church, the disciples of Jesus Christ of Cobblestone Community Church. Wake up. Rise up. Don't sit back. Let's go. Right? So here, here we are, individuals. So you make up part of this place. Like you're here, you're an individual. And if all of us as individuals are screaming, unto the Lord, all things unto the Lord. It's from him, it's for him, unto him. Glory, glory, goodness to the Lord. And then on top of that, we are just stupidly serving one another. It doesn't matter if I like it. It doesn't matter if it's fancy. It doesn't matter if it's the, the thing on the stage. It's just like, I'll serve whatever. I'll mow the lawn. I'll welcome old ladies out of cars on the cross. I don't care what it is. If you as individuals and me as individuals are laying our lives down, how does that fit together? I'm only going to touch on it briefly, and then I'm going to challenge you here in the end. Romans 12, verse 4. I'm going to read it to you. If you get there, great. If you're not, I don't have time to wait. For as in one body, we have many members. He's making a logical argument. You have a body, correct? Does it have different parts? That's all he's saying. So we have this one body that has different parts. I have arms and I have legs and I have hands and I have fingers and I have toes and eyes and belly buttons, okay? I don't, now here's the thing. And the members do not all have the same function. You know this about your body. I don't sneeze out of my belly button. You're like, that's weird, right? Because you don't do that. I don't pick things up with my toes. And some of you are like, I do. I mean, but, but whatever. But your body parts do different things. They have purposes for hearing, for seeing, for smelling, for speaking. I don't even know what belly buttons are for anymore. Anyway, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and then, listen, individually members of one another. So yeah, you have different roles, but the whole thing fits together into a thing that needs to be together. So if you have your own Bible and you like to write in it, I'd actually under, I'd gold star that bad boy right there individually members of one another because what that means is if i'm going to be everything that god wants me to be in this place if you're going to be everything that god wants you to be in this place if this place is going to be everything that god wants to have happen in his will we need one another which to the modern individualistic american christian is like the worst thing i could say to you we need one another you're like, let me show you how much I don't need you. Won't be here next week. We need one another. This is not me. This is Bible. And if you know anything about my personal leanings, you're like, this is a challenge to Andrew too. It's a challenge to Andrew too. Verse six, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So we each are in this body. You each have a role. Some of you are arms. Some of you are fingers. Some of you are belly buttons. I don't know what that role is, but it is. And you're part of this body. And we belong to one another. And we have gifts. We have roles. We have talents that differ according to the grace of God. So I know this is, you just heard it, but we're not all gifted the same. You know that? We're not all gifted the same. I want to just chant it. We're not all gifted the same. We're, like, because... Like I said, it's just like the American church is so infatuated by big bands and good speakers. 
were infatuated by them. To the point where I could even venture to guess that most of you, some of you, not most, let's not be a jerk. I'm talking to myself. Some of you don't even know how to read the Bible for yourself because you just wait for me to condense it into a 30-minute message. That should never be. And so, really, this is how I think we start to figure out what our gifts are. And this is one piece of a larger puzzle. I think when you belong to the church, other people get to affirm the gifts they see in you. Does that make sense? So if you don't belong to the body, which is where they're supposed to be used for the building up of the body, how are you ever going to find out what they are? If you're not in a small group, if you're not hanging around with other Christians, this is what happened in my life. Godly men and godly women would just find me yelling like I'm yelling right now about the word, and they'd be like, it seems to be that God might have put a little gift in there for you to just talk about the word of God in a way that people would just, their hearts would be inflamed. So you, let's say this week, you're in small group, right? And actually, I'm going to task the small groups with this task. Like, let's just say you're in small group. And every time you open your mouth, it's just the word of God beautifully explained and described. And like, you're like, this is just natural to me. I just feel like this hunger from the Lord to study the word in Greek. Like, what a great job, nerd. But like, the whole group, the whole group is just encouraged. And like, you just, anytime you are pushed or stabbed, the word of God comes out. Then they get to look at you and go, man, we see we see the Lord all over that gift in you. Or, or maybe like you just have an uncanny ability that when people come to your house or whenever they're around you, they feel at ease. They feel loved. They feel the presence of God. You might have the gift of hospitality, which is not doilies and fall decor. All right? Part of it, but it's not, that's not the gift. All right? So you begin to just pour yourself out in the body and then you have the body start to go, I see this in you, brother. And we encourage you in it, and then you grow. This is how the beginning of giftedness happens. You start to serve, all right? So let, let me look at the list really quick. I'm going to read the list, then we'll, then we'll stop. Romans 12, verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. That's the key part. Let Use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So do you hear some of those? Like, like the one who exhorts in his exhortation. You know what exhortation is? It's encouraging. It's lifting up. So I just love that person if you're in here. You just walk around and sprinkle like goodness on people. Like, what if we just unleash the exhorters in the room to just walk through this church and be like, I see Jesus in you. Like, you, you're serving well, brother or sister. Like, that person we need, but I don't even know how to unleash that person other than you're just really happy and optimistic. Like, I don't know, but sure. Uh, there's this, the one who contributes in generosity. So I don't know what that word contributes to. Immediately we think of money. But did you know that giving to the church could be seen as a spiritual gift? And if you're going to do it, do it generously? That's not me. That's not the Andrew's like, I need a new Rolex. That's Bible, okay? And then there's this whole, if in service, in our serving. And I think there's a lot in there, right? Like, once I, there's not a greeter ministry in there, that list. Did you see it? There's not a parking cars ministry in there. Did you see it? There's not a coffee making ministry in there. 
But all those things are kind of under this idea that when you have the gift of service, you serve. And some of you for so long have been like, well, I don't have teaching, so I don't know what my gift is. Well, maybe God's just saying, start serving. Serve. Serve. And so we have been gifted by God, empowered by the Holy Spirit to build this place up into everything it's supposed to be. Use them. And so I'm going to give you two starting spots. Number one, this is going to be a shocker, go serve. Crazy, right? You're like, what if it doesn't fit my gifting? What if I haven't found that out yet? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Who cares if it fits your gifting? Go serve in the name of Jesus. Go pour yourself out about half of your brothers and sisters. Beg leaders to let you help them. And if they're like stubborn or they're not emailing you back, you let me know. We'll fix that right up for you, okay? Go and serve. I mean, the picture is, like I said, just an army of people leaving this service today, just blessing one another, serving one another. I don't even just keep it to the church. When you get to Kroger or you get to Bob Evans after this, just start vacuuming Bob Evans' floor. <laughs> just get dumb about it. And they're like, sir, you don't have to. You're like, I, I, Jesus, man. You know, just like... Right? Just serve. Pour yourself out. And I guarantee you that God honors that heart. And then we as a people are going to start identifying that. We're going to give you an assessment. And that's step two. Study, ask, and pray. All right? Now, anybody in here ever took a spiritual gifts test? If you're a Christian long enough, you'll have taken 300 of them. All right? Now, here's the thing about them. I don't think they're perfect. I haven't found a perfect one yet. And I don't think we're going to give you a perfect one. But on our website, right below our, on our homepage, is a link that says, take spiritual assessment. Go. If you do that, it will send you a study of what fits you possibly with a Bible study. I'm asking you to do that. Go home today, go to cobblestonechurch.com, take that assessment. I just want you to know if you take it and you put your email in, I will be able to see it. So if you're like, you won't know my spiritual gifts, Pastor, then don't, but it'll be okay. It also gives you some options of ministries that might be a good fit. It'll give you this, like, what, how did these gifts work in the Bible? And that's what I'm most interested in. Go and study the word of God. Go pray and ask, ask, actually ask other Christians, what do you see in me? What do you feel like God has called me to do? The thing is, there's people in your life, there should be people in your life close enough that they should see how you lean and what you're gifted in. And then I want you to pray. I actually want you to stop asking people, ask the Lord. He does speak. Lord, what do you want me to do? And if he says anything, if just like flowing rivers of coffee go through your mind, I don't know what you should be doing, right? Coffee ministry. Uh, or maybe it won't be that easy, but let's walk it out because I think it's worth doing. And so here's how I want to end. I'm going to invite the band up, and we're just going to sing worthy of it all um, because that's really, like I said, the, the goal of this sermon is not for you to run out of here. Like, I really want you to sign up for kids ministry next week when we do this thing called Take Two, but that's not the goal of this sermon. The goal of this sermon is that you would surrender your heart and your life and you would examine Christians. I'm talking to the Christians. If your life screams unto the Lord, if you're serving you or if you're serving the Lord with everything you're doing, like where's your life? And so the thing I felt like God wanted us to do, even though it's awkward, even though it's probably gonna make a mess, is as we start to sing this song, I believe we needed to open up the front, and we put a baptismal right in the middle of it, so that's fun. Because um, there's those of you that need to come and surrender. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing. 
And if you're like, I felt God tug me to surrender, then I'm going to invite you up in this little hole right here and in this little hole right here and probably all down the front, even though there's like a foot, to kneel. To lay, like literally prostrate yourself before God and go, God, I'm surrender. Maybe, God, I'm sorry. And then I don't want you to leave there until a member of our prayer team, a pastor or an elder prays for you. Okay? And you're like, well, what if we all do that? Well, I guess this room's about to get real chaotic, but glory to God. All right? So let me pray. Jesus. out of a life that revolves around us and we would scream with all our might unto the Lord, glory unto you. That you would help us pour ourselves out and not seek after our own ambitions, but to honor one another, to serve one another. And in these next few minutes, God, it's not, it's not about if we physically bow. It's about if our hearts are surrendered to you. So Lord, we surrender and where we don't, we repent. And so I pray for this beautiful moment wrought by your spirit this morning where we as a church, we stand and we arise and we'll go, Jesus, we'll follow you. Regardless if it hurts, regardless where it doesn't always make sense, we'll follow you. So Jesus, speak and lead your people in your name. Amen. So if you would, would you stand and sing? Not, not, not for your behalf, but before, for the Lord. And then if you feel a response coming on, that's great. If you're like, I don't know what to do, if you just feel led to kneel, the prayer team will be up here, elders will be up here, leaders will be up here. Let's worship the Lord.